This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This wildfire season, as we all know, was very intense, right? The worst on record, you've heard all the stats. Um, now, their expectations will seem more of the same in the coming years. And in BC, some high-tech help is on the way. Uh, this sees Rogers teaming up with SpaceX and Pano AI cameras um, to monitor the forests in parts of British Columbia. And soon, though, the plan here is to expand this. It could be in the woods near you very, very soon. It's an interesting idea, and we're going to get the details on how it works from Dr. Matthew Bourbonnet, an assistant professor in the Department of Earth, Environmental, and Geographic Sciences at the UBC in Okanagan, one of the research partners on this very project. Doctor, thanks for being here. I appreciate your time. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Um, so... <laughs> When we we talk about what's happening in the forests in BC right now, we got to go back, right? Because this kind of work, this kind of project, what you were working on, it actually started years ago, didn't it? Yeah, so we started, we partnered with Rogers and started working on this about two years ago to develop uh, these low-cost sensors that we could put out in the forest to kind of monitor uh, conditions in forests to see, you know, what was the likelihood that they'll burn and how they might burn. So we've been working on this for a few years. Um, and now, you know, with the fire seasons that we're seeing and just the fires we've had in Kelowna, you know, near our campus in, in the in the last few yeah. months, um, yeah, it's starting to pick up a lot of pace. Yeah, it's literally been right in your backyard. Um, so, so tell us about the how does it all work? Like, I mean, if you, if you can really dumb it down for a guy like me, what exactly is the process that you've put in place? Yeah, so what we've worked on is essentially it's a low-cost weather station uh, that communicates with either cellular, so through something like the Rogers 5G network, or through satellite with something like SpaceX and Starlink. And so what it is, is it's these low-cost weather stations that we can put out in a grid or a pattern in the forest around communities or in landscapes, and they're continuously monitoring weather conditions. So things like temperature, precipitation, relative humidity and winds, those kind of things that influence uh, fire risk and fire behavior. And so we're monitoring that, you know, every two seconds. And that's all getting transmitted back through through cellular or through uh, uh, satellite. And then what we've developed or what we're working on is essentially a model. It's an artificial intelligence approach that takes all this data in real time and then predicts your risk. And so you can think of that through kind of two different ways. If we understand where our risk is highest on the landscape, then we can be more proactive about mitigating that risk. But also if we get a fire, how, what's that fire going to do? Um, you know, where's it going to go and how might we respond to that fire? So that's, that's kind of the sensor system. And then the cameras, how they integrate in is fire suppression really relies on sort of early detection of fires. So being able to, to spot a fire and get resources on it as quick as possible. So, you know, we use we use people to detect fires, we use aircraft, and so now, you know, increasingly across North America, we're starting to look at how we can use cameras. But there's also like a public safety element to it. If we have these camera systems that people can log into, kind of like a like a traffic camera, mm-hmm. if there's 
if there's a fire around your community and you can log in, you can actually see where that fire is. And so for sort of like situational awareness around evacuations or, or when you're starting to think about going, it'll give people more of an idea what, what might be going on around them. Okay. And, and, and how does the artificial intelligence work? That's the monitoring piece, right? I mean, this is, there's too much data there for, for you, for example, or even a team of people to monitor everything that's incoming, but AI can do it, right? Yeah, so that's the idea. Um, so we're training that right now. Like in, in the Okanagan, we've deployed around 100 of these sensors in the last two years, and they're collecting data like every two seconds. And so the, uh, the AI has been basically, it's trained on what is out there in the forest, so the type of trees and the fuels and the different things that are out there that are available to burn, and then how they're responding to changes in temperature and wind speed, and then it essentially gives us predictions of, of our risk. Um, so there's no way, yeah, it, it's simply too much data. And yeah. even just doing that in the Okanagan is, is huge. <laughs> so, yeah, no question about it. So in terms of trying to, um, you know, handle it in a, in a, in a quicker way, I mean, what's the timeline? Like, like I'm, at this point, I think, you know, it needs to be reported. Somebody needs to get eyes on it. And then we go from there. It, can you get a jump on actual, once a fire starts, is there some way of the monitoring that you're doing coming back to you and saying, hey, we've got a wildfire that appears to have sparked? Does it go that far? Or is it just the potential is there? So it starts with the potential is there. Um, I mean, that's sort of the foundation for how we kind of manage our landscapes. And then once there is, so the next step for it is once there is an ignition and we know where it is, what's the potential for that fire to spread? Because not every fire is going to be the same. They can even be really really close to each other sometimes. And it it can be quite different. And so that's where the modeling is hopefully going to come in to kind of try to differentiate that, especially when we're getting so many fires at once. Which ones are the ones that have the most potential for growth, the most potential to impact our communities? some parts of this aren't completely new. I mean, this this idea, at least, I know I spoke with a professor, I believe, from California. They've had a similar system in place. So, so are you sort of building on some existing tech that's already out there? Yeah, exactly. I mean, in California, they have a system called California Alert Yeah, uh, that probably has over a thousand cameras right now. Um, the challenge here, though, you know, the challenge we have in Canada and B.C. and, and the other provinces and territories is our population. Like, we just don't have the population density. And so we have large areas where we have no cell service, where we have no, um, you know, communication right. necessarily. So that's where, like, satellite and companies like SpaceX will be really important in the partnerships um, to try to get some of this deployed in those areas or in our rural communities because sometimes we just don't have the services there. So what point are we at? I know there's uh, the Rogers um, pe- and people that are involved in this are saying they'd like to see this you know, deployed across the country, ASAP. It's, it's northern BC at this point. Where do you have this already set up? Uh, so right now, um, it's deployed pretty extensively throughout the Okanagan. Um, that's just kind of outside our back door, so, so that's been pretty handy for testing. Uh, we're going to move into some other areas in BC, I think, over the winter and into next spring, so northern BC and some other select communities, uh, and then and then after that, you know, it really just depends on on those partnerships. So building those partnerships with communities and with the other wildfire agencies, um, because without those partnerships, the the information, the data doesn't get used, and so 
starting that process now is going to be really important as we try to keep scaling this up. Um, in terms of timeline, how quickly can you get these sorts of uh, you know sensors and, and setups in place? How, how long does it take to sort of expand, do you think, to a point where we've got some sort of network? Uh, it's, it's not too bad. I mean, you know, it's going to... It's a huge country. There's a, lot is, of, yeah. there's, there's a lot of space to cover. Um, so our, our sort of approach has been to kind of, we're going to target communities first to start. Um, so, you know, putting our sensor grids around, you know, different communities that are interested in this kind of technology or testing it. And then we kind of go from there. So, you know, we, we managed to deploy around the Okanagan in about, you know, a month, uh, two months in terms of getting our sensors out. Uh, so I think as we scale up now with, with Rogers and, and other companies, it'll, it'll probably pick up a lot of pace. Uh, mm-hmm. cause it's, that's mainly been a university project right now. Um, so, you know, it'll, it'll take time, uh, but I think one of the things, especially with the sensors, the cameras are a little bit more specialized, but the sensors, we're kind of working on a package right now where someone could essentially just buy it and they can go install it themselves. Oh, it's, wow. really not, it's really not that complicated to get it out. And then once it's out, it just links into our network and up it goes. It's amazing, yeah, and it, it could make such a difference. Um, doctor, thanks so much for being here. Really appreciate your yeah. time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me.